Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, April the 6th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the legend himself, the man with the Yankees garb and all the good advice, Mr. Gundacker. How are you, Gun? You're good morning. I'm adjusting to the early hours, but... Uh, baseball's got a lot of early slates, so, so I guess I just need to get used to it for the foreseeable future. So I'm I'm happy to talk some basketball. Beautiful. Well, I need all the help I can get. This week is so challenging. We all know final week of the NBA. You never know what the hell is going to happen with teams trying to tank, teams trying to make it, teams trying to split the difference. So it's like juggling uh, balls that are on fire. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> We can figure this out, though, man. If anybody can do it, we can do it. So we've got a realistically at, you know, slate of six games. Last night with 12 was like, uh, good Lord. So we got six. It's a nice amount spread out throughout the night. Uh, we got tons of back-to-backs, all kinds of things to discuss. And uh, there's going to be value galore and all the fun stuff. So. I'm fired up, and <clears throat> for those that are <clears throat> tuning in for the first time on Koshuk, I'm sorry, number one, because I've grabbed a, a nasty cold here, so I may sound very scratchy as the day goes, but um, <clears throat> Gun, you can see Gun on uh, his uh, station run DFS, and then he's been uh, jumping in on Osimo. He is a man of many talents all over the place, and we're lucky to have him. We also do uh, his live stream on Saturdays. Are we doing Saturday again this week or do you want to do Sunday? Did you decide? Uh so I don't know what the NBA schedule is this weekend. I oh, do know yeah. that Saturday and Sunday is all day baseball slates. Yeah. Um and the Saturday slate for for basketball is 12, 5, 7 30, 8 30. And then yeah. like, it's really weird for, for wait till you look at Sunday. Yeah that's that's 15 games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to, I, have, I have a lot of obligations this weekend so we'll, we'll have to we'll out. talk <laughs> yeah. we'll talk yeah we we'll find something we'll figure something out but uh anyway we're uh let's get after this slate uh six gamer so we can do it in a reasonable period of time so here we go <clears throat> i'll set the game stage we'll figure this one out first game 7 p.m eastern it is the, the Dallas Mavericks at the Detroit Pistons. Dallas is favored by eight and a half. It's a 221 total. Dallas has Hardaway and Kleba out. Everybody else is a go. Detroit has Bagley, Joseph, Magruder, and Olenek out. And as of now, everybody else is in. Again, with everything we go over here, please check with us here in Discord. Uh, at DFS Coach Talk because we know there'll be lots of news. Maybe even some of it breaks during the show. Um, so we'll break it down for what we have right now. Dallas coming into this game, everybody knows they're the slowest team in the league. So major pace down game for the Pistons. Pistons are seventh in pace. Defensively, I'm sorry, Pistons are 12th in pace. So uh, somewhat middle of the pack. So not the fastest game, 221. That's why it's down a little bit. But Dallas is, <clears throat> excuse me, the seventh best defense. Detroit, not so much at 21. So the big question here is, you know, how much run do these guys get? Dallas is still positioning for their spot 
uh, in the playoffs, obviously we know Detroit has already mailed it in. So what's your initial take on this one, uh, Mr. Gunn? Yeah, so Dallas, uh, it's rare to find some teams really in this final week that have incentive to win, but Dallas can jump the Warriors, and they're trying to hold off the Jazz. Jazz, very winnable game tonight against right. the Thunder. So they want to win. Uh, the Pistons obviously don't want to win. Uh, so I'll be looking for the Mavericks to play inspired basketball. Uh, I was kind of expecting double-digit uh, point spread here, but the Pistons have been scrappy. A lot of times they catch these double-digit point spreads, and they end up fighting right. for the bitter end. So I am expecting at least four quarters of basketball, and anytime you can get Luka Doncic into four, the fourth quarter, 60 to 70 fantasy points is uh, an expectation. So the expectation right. would then be that he is probably going to lead the slate in fantasy score, uh, at least projection-wise. So I do like that. If you like narratives, it is Spencer Dinwiddie's birthday, and he was drafted by the Pistons. Uh, hey, there uh, so, you go. So that would be fun to uh, see if he gets some inspired buckets on a short slate. Why not? Uh, Dwight Powell's intriguing click. You mentioned Maxi Claybaugh out. They do yeah. have Marquise, Chris, Davi Spartans, but Dwight Powell has put together some strong games as of late. And uh, yeah. a smaller slate, I'm willing to get down there and get a little bit uh, different uh, in the front court. So I do think I'm going to have some Dwight Powell exposure. The Pistons have been a very porous rebounding team as of late. They are not the same team as they were a month ago to two months ago, uh, and they certainly also uh, foul quite a bit. So some of these uh, – uh, rebound grabbers and guys like Luca uh, get a couple extra free points just by getting some trips to the line. So, lot to right. like on the on the Mavs side. Uh, Pistons wise, Cade Cunningham's always going to be the backbone of uh, is this team going to be competitive or not? I'm always skittish after we did get Dwayne Casey to, uh, in OKC. I'll probably never forget that. Where they, that was they, unbelievable, <laughs> man. So uh, I, I do have trust issues. Uh, but if we can look past that and just trust the projection, man, I'm getting 30, 35 minutes. That's his uh, PT projection tonight. And with his usage rate, that's always going to be uh, chip in a chair territory. Nobody on the Pistons is going to be a priority for me. But because of how small the slate is, they will likely be in the player pool. Sadiq Bay on Fandle versus his DK price is a pretty drastic contrast, 5,400 versus 7,300. So Sadiq Bay might be one of those guys I get to a lot on Fandle and almost none on, on DK. So yeah. uh, there's – I think I'm, I'm more uh, in like with the Mavericks here than the Pistons, obviously. Uh, but right. because of how short the slate is, I'll have to have a, a lot of this game in the pool. I'm with you, man. And, you know, it's I've, it's incredible this last week here how much the prices are different, on the salaries on FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah. I found myself last night, usually I have the same core, you know, and you'll have some that you switch. But I had like a totally different squad because they're like, like you said here, you know, $2,000 difference almost on Bay. So, it, it, you know, when we're talking about these, you really have to look at, each site individually, DraftKings and FanDuel are now just ridiculously different. And Yahoo then throws another, you know, wrench into it. But <laughs> I'm with, you know, Lucas seems like the logical pay up here. Gun, I mean, I've got him as the top scorer on the slate. There's no Giannis or Joker or anything. So it seems like there's so much value that's all over the place and more will open up. It's like, you know, do I, I want to get Luca's 60 or whatever and just move on down the road? So I'm with you, you know, with Luca. 
I'm starting to, which scares me here is I'm starting to buy into this Dwight Powell shenanigans. And I was, <laughs> I was scared all year. Cause you know, he does throw up some clinkers in there for sure, but uh, he is getting more time. Kleba being out, like you said, definitely helps. So he's a, he's a thought. I'm not sold, mm -hmm. but he's a thought here, but it's, it really seems like a Luca and feel comfortable about it and go from there. I'm not as comfortable with Kate Cunningham. I don't trust Coach Casey whatsoever right now. They're trying to lose. And who knows if Cunningham gets full run here. I just, 8-8's a big price to pay. I'd rather pay down where I can get the, the cheaper Sadiq base, specifically on FanDuel. And then, um, you know, I've really been uh, stung and also took down some stuff with Killian Hayes. So he's sort of a boomer bust guy completely. But here's the thing, the two guys I'd like a quick opinion from you on, because they're the two guys that have my attention here. And that's Isaiah Livers, Braxton Key, and I'm going to throw a third guy in just to make it even more confusing, Carson Edwards. Those three guys seem to be the guys they're getting this extra run with down the stretch this week. Do you think any of those guys are in play for you at their cheap prices? Because 25, 30 minutes are in play for all three of them, in my opinion. Yeah, Liver, Isaiah Livers, Isaiah Stewart, and Braxton Key are probably three guys that I didn't give enough credit to uh, when I was just talking about them. Uh, yeah. All those guys, especially more on their DK price points under 5K, I'm right. getting 30 to 30-plus 30 minute projections from this far on. I might tighten the screws on that and, and come down a little bit. Uh, yeah. I'm not really there on Carson Edwards. I think we're going to have some guard value later on. Um, okay. Like you said, it's, it's hard to trust what Casey's going to do, especially if they're off the bench. Uh, right. But if I did get to Carson Edwards, he uh, he's uh, way cheaper on DK than Fanduel, so probably almost none, uh, unless he started and there was specific quotes that he was going to get big run. Uh, right. Almost none in that case on on Fanduel. Thirty five hundred chip in a chair territory, but we, we're going to have uh, we're going to have some guard value. We are. And, you know, it's funny because usually if we're torn on a few guys coming down to the buzzer, we're like, who's starting? You know, and this is an early game. We'll get the lineups. But that's not really and doesn't matter anymore because, you know, with Casey, he could play a guy 10 minutes there and then say, OK, nice job. You know, let's go to the bench. So, you know, stay stay alert, stay awake. I'm probably going to go with some of that value, though, on the Detroit side uh, just to correlate with uh, Luke on the other side. Hopefully. Like you said, Detroit is one of the young teams that are scrapping and trying at least to be competitive. So at least you know the guys that are out there are going to get you some minutes and they're going to give you some effort. So I'll have some exposure there for sure. All right, let's go to game two. It's a 7.30 game. Game spread out real nice tonight. Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks. Brooklyn is favored on the road only by five. It's a 229.5, which is a pretty good total for a Knicks game, but... We know Brooklyn games are high scoring. As far as injury designations, Seth Curry is questionable and James Johnson is questionable. We know we have Drogic and Simmons out. For the Knicks, we've got two bench players that could get minutes, so it'd be nice to know if they're going to play or not. Questionable are Grimes and McBride. We already know Noel, Randall, and Rose have shut it down. So, First question I have for you is, I was stunned when I saw this. I, you know, I try to project lines and everything ahead of time to give me a feel for which direction I want to go. 
I thought Brooklyn would be like a nine-point favorite or something. And to see five, first of all, I'm like, okay, does that mean somebody from Brooklyn sitting or am I just that far off? Were you surprised at that line? Yeah, I mean, with without context, I definitely would have had it a little bit higher. But guys like Kyrie Irving played 40 minutes last night. And, True. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a back-to-back. So back-to-back may, for Brooklyn. And they also, like, they haven't really been blowing teams out. We referenced that Pistons game where they just won by seven. Uh, and there's a couple games where they're on the wrong side here. So, I, like, yeah, if I if I had to, you know, without thinking about it, I'd probably price it up to eight, nine. Uh, but I understand it, especially with Seth Curry and, and Drogic. Uh, yeah. flimsy, so, so it, it's not stunning, yeah, but factor. yeah, yeah. So, what do you think here? What's your first take? I mean, are you? I mean, we know that Brooklyn is jockeying for position, so we know mm-hmm. that the Knicks are done. So, is this is this Kyrie and Durant, one or the other? I mean, is that a no brainer, or do you think because it's the second night of a back to back, they're not going to be pushed? No, I, th- I think uh, the, the incentive to win is, is certainly there for uh, the Nets right now. Uh, right. They are two games back from the Cavs, and they have the same amount of wins as the Hawks and one game above the Hornets. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you want to you want at least stay where you're at, not go backwards. Uh, the, the Knicks are, are dumb, but I can see them want to play spoiler, a little bit of uh, uh, Subway Siri. Uh, and anytime you get Kyrie and Katie in the garden, uh, it's always a fun crowd. So right. I do like the thought of t- targeting Kyrie. I think he's a much better play on Fandle than DK. Again, another drastic price difference. <laughs> 86 on, on Fandle. It's like daring dare dare you not to play him. Yeah. Uh, sh- shot volume has been nutty the last few games. 24 and 32 field goal attempts. Uh, if we end up losing Seth Curry again, can only imagine that the 20-plus floor and shot attempts remains. And then KD's KD. KD might. Uh, end up getting pushed down in ownership and people go to Luca, but Katie has the range of outcomes to drop 60 plus himself. Uh, yeah. Drummond got into a little bit of trouble yesterday. Uh, he also had a, a block taken away in the first half, which messed up some of my uh, prize fix lines, but a lot of fouls, five fouls in uh, 20 minutes yesterday against the Rockets, and that's uh, back-to-back games with 20 or less minutes. Uh, so maybe he's going to start leaving some people's minds for uh you know touching the stove getting burned but hey in a matchup where uh they may want his size a little bit more 25 to 30 minutes if he keeps his hands to himself uh could, could be uh coming his way so i don't mind that on the Knicks side you mentioned julius randall down uh ob top and has kind of stepped into that starting lineup and uh has put together a couple of really uh usable fancy point games i'll right. take a peek at uh, some ownership projections already, and he is projected to be one of the trendier clicks on the slate. And it makes sense. 31, 35 minutes his last two games, uh, 30 plus fantasy points. Uh, uh, I do like attacking uh, the Nets in, the, in that front court. Um, and uh, I think I think uh, I'm fine. And uh, you know, those young guys do get a, a little bit more pep in their step going against some household names like a Kyrie, like a KD, realizing yeah. some dreams. So I don't mind that. RJ Barrett's always in play in the absence of Julius Randle. Mitchell Robinson has 30 plus fans. There's a lot of centers I've noticed so far in the first two games. 
between you know five and six K. They all have that thirty plus fantasy point potential. Uh, right. So maybe getting those right and uh, finding the guy that maybe kicks through that forty point uh, ceiling is uh, going to be the key to this slate. But Drummond, Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Stewart, Isaiah Livers. Braxton Key, Dwight Powell. Right now, they're all holding hands in my projections. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to be that diluted. So I'm going to have to start narrowing down here as we go. But it's still early. Yeah, I mean, two games in, we have six set value centers already. How the heck does that make sense? <laughs> exactly. But uh, it is. It's gonna, A lot of it will be. Who? What value center do you pick that's going to come through? So I'm with you there all the way. Um, <clears throat> I think Toppin will end up being one of the popular plays. I mean, there's no doubt. Since he's basically plugged into Randall's role and got the minutes, he's produced. And, <clears throat> you know, as far as the pace in this game, Brooklyn's 10th. Knicks are only 28th. So that's something to look at because it is major pace up for Brooklyn. And on the back-to-back, my only concern here, Gunn, is those monster minutes last night, like for Kyrie, and mm-hmm. going against a slow-down team like the Knicks, I'm just a little concerned Again, though, price-wise, salary, you just got to accept it on one spot, not the other. But, um, you know, I think KD is going to go grossly under-owned here. And he did have a poor game last night, no doubt about it. But, you know, KD, I mean, that's going to roll right off his back. He's the minutes guy that I, I respect, you know, more of a push for even than Kyrie. So I'm leaning more KD because I, I think I can make KD and Lucas still work. There's nine million, you know, value plays here. So I'm I'm really leaning KD here, but I do want the other news to who's out uh, for the Knicks. Um, as far as the Knicks go, it, you know, RJ Barrett is scoring the ball. His price is fair, and he's 8K on DraftKings, which is acceptable. Um, and you know, he's going to do the majority of their scoring. There's no question about it. The guy that I'm I'm you know, having some temptation with is is Emmanuel quickly. I mean, he's, I think, the guy that may prosper minutes-wise down the stretch this last week because I, I think he's got a great chance to be a starting point guard for the Knicks for next season. So he's sort of a sneaky play. The problem is he's not cheap. He's 6-1. Nice to get him at a cheap price. But I think he can be somewhat the secret squirrel on the slate there, bud. So uh, Toppin definitely in play. Barrett I've got some interest in. And then, like I say, quickly as a sleeper, even if it's a GPP, I'm going to have some coverage there. And KD, even though he's expensive, I just I think he's going to have volume shots. And I think he's, you know, this is almost a 230 total. And I think a lot of that is going to come from him. So pretty fired up to get out of the gate with Luca and KD, and then try to hold on for dear life the rest of the night. <laughs> that will basically be where I'm at. Hey, it worked right. last last night. Uh, Embiid and Jokic won the Millie Maker. Really? Yeah. It was a huh? pure – and past those, just a bunch of 3, 4K punts from who's that on the Thunder and the Blazers. So, you know, uh, I, getting to KD and Luka, it's not, it works sometimes. Well, last night it didn't work for me. I went Giannis. Mm. And and Joker, and that stung me right in the you know where. So yeah, uh, but tonight I'm hoping those uh, those things change up quite some bit. All right, let's go to game three. It's the Washington Wizards and Atlanta Hawks. Um, this game, I like this game. 
Atlanta is a 10.5-point favorite, though, 233.5 total, 111.5 implied for Washington, 122. Nice, healthy number for Atlanta. And then as far as injuries here, we have no Vernon Carey. I know that kills your lineups, uh, but he's no, he's actually questionable, so you could still play him if you wanted to. Kyle Kuzma is still uh, doubtful, so I'm not, I don't know why he's just not listed out. He's not going to play. John Collins out. Danilo Gallinari questionable. He did not play last night with the same tag. Uh, both of these teams played last night, so that's something to take into consideration. Um, Washington is 23rd in pace, Atlanta 19th, which still always shocks me that they play slow. Um, defensively, these teams absolutely stink, 25th and 26th uh, defensively. So just the defensive rating alone, even though the pace nothing to write home about, Atlanta's still trying to win some ball games here. And I'm very interested with the news. Is Porzingis going to play? That's number one. He's not listed in any designation, but going on another back-to-back would be surprising to me. But I could be wrong there. So a lot to unwrap here because Atlanta wants to win. And, you know, Washington's another one of those teams that are just awful, but they're key, they've continued to fight. So any key plays for you in this game uh, with a decent line as far as the total? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm pessimistic on Przingis playing, uh, although he has played the last couple back, a couple back to backs. So right. It wasn't, but a week ago the team was still logistically, mathematically, uh, having a shot at the playing spot. Well, they don't anymore. No. Uh, so I, I would be kind of surprised if Przingis played, and if he did play, would he play deep minutes? But. Um, it could be just speculation, and sometimes that can get us in trouble. Uh, the yeah. Hawks do have incentive to win. We just mentioned they're uh, the same wins uh, in the win column as the Nets. They're trying to hold off the Hornets. Uh, they should win this game. The Nets are favored to win their game, so everyone uh, can keep going forward. Sadaransky uh, has been getting closer to 20 minutes lately. The last three games, Ishmith has played 28 to 30 minutes and last night he was two rebounds shy of a triple double is wow. yeah insane so uh, obviously the the pace of the t-wolves is uh dramatically different than what he'll be looking at today but hey point guards against the atlanta hawks certainly been something that i do like rossi throughout the season so if we did lose a Przingis, uh, uh and smith did uh, uh did did play might be a fun click to uh to get some exposure to a guy who has been really giving us a shot at 30 fantasy points the last three games anyway with right. so i do like the thought of that if Przingis didn't play uh we saw a big game out of daniel gafford last night uh i think uh he would profile pretty well that's just what we need in another value yeah. center <laughs> <laughs> and then uh on the hawk side we're a little bit more solidified in our expectations of trey young uh, I think if we do end up being privy to Luca and KD builds, Trey Young's going to be hard to squeeze in there. Uh, but maybe that also makes him uh, a viable or lucrative thought. I was looking at ownership projections, and it feels like there's only a couple of guys at the high end, and everyone else is just kind of like 20% right now. We'll see if that changes throughout the day. But Trey Young does have a case to be a top three, top two fantasy scorer on the slate. So because of that, he'll be in. Uh, the mix for me, especially as one of the few teams and few studs incentivized to win tonight. Um, right. I so I don't mind that if Gallo didn't play, uh, I'd 
keep uh, running to some Clint Capella exposure, another 6K center that could get you 30. Uh, but I do think his ceiling's a little bit higher than some of these uh, uh, other centers. I think 40-plus fantasy points uh, definitely is within the range of uh, possibility. So I don't mind that. And then behind uh, the, the young and Capella's, I can get to some Bogdanovich or some Gallo. Probably not as much Gallo when he has started late or when he has played lately. He's been coming off the bench. So I'm not expecting big minutes on him. But Bogdanovich does have uh, an ability to uh, be the second highest scorer on this team game to game and uh, probably give us a, a shot at 30 fantasy points. But uninspiring. Uh, and yeah, Wizards are, are hard to figure out. I, it, when I mass enter, though, I will get uh, some KCP and Denny Advia uh, in yeah. the mix, and maybe I stagger between them. Uh, but this is a this is a funky game. But a two thirty plus total, uh, I do think I'm going to have to sweep through it a few times as the news starts to progress, if news even comes out for this game. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> a lot of it's going to have to do with ownership for me, Gun, because. If, if I look at, uh, you know, going with those two big boys and Luca and KD, that obviously I'm not going to be able to get Trey Young in there. But if ownership is ridiculously low on Trey and high on, on those guys, I, I can pivot easily because I do think Trey's in a fantastic spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> even though Ish has been getting more minutes lately, I still feel like it's a, a position split between he and Sato and, that concerns me at this point. I mean, I prefer Smith, but <clears throat> only if he actually was starting and it's like, okay, I, I'm expecting him to get 30 minutes, I would feel comfortable. But I still think they split enough min- minutes. And then, obviously, we need the news on Porzingis. And not that, you know, we're, we're presuming that he may sit. We have no news of that. But <clears throat> if he plays, I'm, I'm, I have no interest at 8-4 because I don't think he gets – push to the max here on a back-to-back again. Um, but if he sits somehow, Daniel Gafford at 4K, then you got to look at that as very serious because he's, you know, he's a stocks guy. He can definitely get there easy at that cheap price. So, you know, <clears throat> not trusting Washington a bunch here. Uh, certainly uh, need to see um, what the, the news is. But I'll tell you the guys, I'm really de- – very tired of trying to squeeze in a value Kispert, Hashimura. You know, these guys just never come through. And it's <clears throat> you put them as last man in to make your value, and then, you know, they throw a 15 on the board, DFS points, and you're like, screw that, you know, I'm, I'm sunk. So <clears throat> I'm not going to push the envelope there. And then with Atlanta, though, you know, it's after Trey Young, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's a bit tough because – Bogdanovich is pretty cheap, but he's so hit or miss. Uh, if he's hot from three, he's going to really crush it for you. And then if he's hot, it, it takes away from Herter, so that value doesn't help as much. Hunter's been wildly inconsistent. Um, don't know why anybody would want to play TLC. That's just a crazy, crazy play. I mean, I'm starting to like a Kongu a little bit at that cheaper price, but not with all the other cheap centers. If it was a different slate, maybe. And I don't quite trust uh, Capella. So <clears throat> I'd like to be able to find a way to get Trey in there. And, you know, we'll see what the news is on the other side. But this, even though it's a 233 and a half total, which, by the way, is the biggest total on the board, I'm just not crazy about this game. I don't have a lot of trust in it, you know? Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> Let's hit the next one. Before we do, we're halfway through. I do want to say, first of all, I want to thank Gundacker again for being here. Gun, where can they find you and your stuff? And what do you want? Go ahead and throw some stuff in there. I'm sure people are interested. Yeah. Uh, Twitter.com slash Gundacker. Stay connected. YouTube.com slash Gundacker. And then a couple times a week, I'm on the Osmo channel talking NBA or baseball. I'm a man of many uh, sports. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully, and we'll keep doing our collabs, I hope, as we go through with basketball and baseball. I do baseball for Coach Talk as well. You can find us at dfscoachtalk.com. You see the scroll across the bottom as well. We would love to have you join us. We have some fantastic offers right now for the NBA season. Uh, we have a, a, also an, a, a NBA playoffs, MLB, PGA combo uh, that goes through June 19th and very, uh, very affordable. And you get everything we've got here at Coach Talk. We uh, collab with some awesome folks like Gunn and and uh, some different people throughout uh, our, our sports. And uh, if you want to catch us, you know, what we do is we, we put out a DFS pod every day. We also put out a prize picks pod with our picks. And then we are adding stuff as the day goes on uh, in Discord including releasing more prize picks plays uh, for our members. So dfscoachtalk.com is where you can find it. Also, the presenting sponsor of this podcast is Prize Picks. If you would like to give a shot at Prize Picks, this is the time. Maybe you've been waiting because baseball starts tomorrow. Go to prizepicks.com, sign up with the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space, and they will match you all the way up to 100 bucks dollar for dollar, and it goes right straight into your account uh, once you are active. So uh, prizepicks.com, promo code Coach Talk. All right, we've got three games left. We're going to hit these three. <clears throat> Eight o'clock game also here, Boston Celtics, Chicago Bulls. This game at least has some interest here in uh, some two teams caring about uh, playoffs and getting ready for playoffs. It is Boston by seven and a half on the road, only a 222 total, 114.75 implied for Boston, 107.25 <clears throat> for the Chicago Bulls. A lot of probable tags here for Boston. Brown, Horford, and Tatum, I'm counting them all in. Probable basically means playing to me. And then <clears throat> the guys that are out are Morgan Stauskas and Robert Williams. Haven't said Stauskas in a while. <clears throat> Chicago, on the other hand, the big news in this game will be Zach Levine. He is questionable. He's been that tag quite a bit, and sometimes he plays, sometimes he doesn't. So we need to follow that closely. <clears throat> Matt Thomas is probable, and Lonzo Ball was announced is out for the rest of the season. Playoffs, the whole shenanigans here. Not looking good for Lonzo. Boston is on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. Chicago on the second night. So that needs to be in consideration. <clears throat> Neither team plays very fast. Boston 24. Chicago 16. We all know that Boston has been by far the best defensive team for the last two or three months. They are first in the league overall. Chicago is where is, that's their Achilles heel. They're all the way down to 22nd <clears throat> defensively. So 
The big question here, Gunn, does the game stay close long enough? Does it matter for these two teams? Do they fire out their guys? It'd be nice to get 30-some minutes for some guys. Is this where you think we'll see it? We should. The Celtics are in the hunt for uh, really the one seed, but they are uh, neck and neck with the Bucks, and the fun thing about that is they play the Bucks tomorrow, yeah, uh, and that will start. That will pretty much establish the two seed, uh, which will answer some questions for them. Uh, but they will s- certainly have home court advantage. Uh, actually, uh, you know, looking at it, they have the same amount of wins as the Bucks and the 76ers, so there's a right. lot to, of questions in that two to four spot. Well, all three uh, of them have the identical record, so exactly. There you go. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Celtics certainly want to separate themselves, get some dubs. Uh, and I think their, their path to success today, uh, whether or not uh, Levine plays or not, would be um, you know s- staging the difficulty levels of them winning this game. They are without Robert Williams. That does take a little hit to their defensive rating. Not massive. They're still a good defense, but it is something to yeah. be uh, cognitive of we have seen a couple centers bleed through lately uh, with some solid games uh, yesterday Vucevic very poor shooting day I kind of thought that he might pick up some slack in the absence of Levine he had 19 shots he made three of them you wow. don't see centers <laughs> shoot to uh, 15% on 10 plus shots but no. that's what we had yesterday so maybe some that hurts <laughs> next day progression. Um, but if uh, they held up, if they strategically held Levine out last night for him to play tonight, so they can be all hands on deck uh, to, to go to a battle tonight, then uh, I do think the Bulls have a stronger chance to stay competitive. However, uh, it's still a uphill battle back to back for everyone else against a ridiculously strong Celtics team and a strong Celtics defense. So I don't have a lot of uh, high hopes and aspirations on the Bulls. I will say that the the price point on Levine on FanDuel 7100 and even 7600 on DK, I can squeeze 40 plus fantasy points out of that. And that might have a little bit more purpose on a slate this small and condensed versus a slate like last night at that price point. So I'd be in on that. I would also be in on that DeRozan price point at 86 versus the 93 on FanDuel. I can certainly see 40 plus. I'm essentially always getting the same projection on Levine, DeRozan, Vooch. And I usually put them all in a player group uh, for optimization purposes and usually kind of limit to one of the three or two of the three, depending on the slate. And that's probably the same strategy I'm going to handle today. Caruso, (laughs) every slate is going to project well and look well. uh, But it seems like when I, yeah, it seems like when I play him, he gets in a lot of foul trouble. And he killed uh, me last night, man. He killed me. He's dead to me. God, he's dead to me. <laughs> yeah, him, Dasumu, Kobe White. And uh, unfortunately for us, their projections are going to spike even more if Levine ends up sitting again. What we yeah. did see is uh, Patrick Williams' uh, start, I believe, yesterday. Uh, yeah, and, uh, he had a good game. Yeah. And uh, on the Celtic side, I think they're all in play. Brown and Tatum, I kind of stagger between the two. I probably don't get more than one of those guys in the same lineup. Horford on Fandle, I can get behind uh, 30 plus fantasy points. I'll take it. Uh, and then Marcus Smart on Fandle. His defensive peripherals can add up quicker on a, a Fandle. And you mentioned prize picks, they're scoring as well, the plus threes. Uh, he's averaging almost two steals a game. So there's a couple of clicks here. I'm not expecting the world. Um, I'm expecting the Celtics to kind of set the tone here. Uh, so I probably don't get to more than two of either. Uh, of more than two players from either team in lineups. Uh, but because of how small the state is, I'm going to have to have some exposure in my uh, builds today. 
Yeah, you know, this is the trickiest game on the slate for me. And it's really for two particular reasons. One, I, you know, you've got a, the problem is you've got multiple guys from each team that can do well, but they're very expensive. So you have to limit your exposure here. I mean, yeah, sure, it'd be nice to be able to roster Brown, Tatum, Caruso, Vuk, and, and Levine if he plays. I think Levine plays. I think yeah, he sat I, yesterday. I, was, I just got a note he said he's probable. Yeah, I, th- I figured he was sitting yesterday to play today. So there's five guys, all fairly expensive. I guess Levine you can consider cheaper, but the other four are super expensive. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you cannibalize each other. I mean, you, you can't – you're not going to have three guys from the same team with 72 fantasy points. So, <laughs> you know, it's it just – I I prefer going elsewhere. But, the you know, on the flip side, the thing that concerns me is – you know, there is motivation to win and play well in this game. So you could get 35, 38, 39 minutes from some of these guys. Uh, and that's hard to run away from with the talent uh, on, on a lot of those guys. Because, you know, all five of the guys I mentioned are 70-point DFS ceilings. And, you know, that's the killer is how do you let that all go? But where do you find the salary to do it? Whereas you've got Luca pretty much – in a solo act, you've got, you know, KD with just one guy on the other side, Trey Young, sort of a solo act anymore. So it's, it's hard to, you know, for me to, to put a lot of uh, dollars into this game, but I think it'll be pretty well owned because I think a lot of people see this as the feature game, two teams that matter that are going forward. And I think they're going to force some players in. So this may be one of those gun, you know, me, I I can get uh, pretty contrarian at times, but I think if I go with anybody in this game, I'm going to look more for value, like a Marcus Smart, because like you said, stocks and those kind of things. Maybe Al Horford, he's playing better, getting a few more rebounds and everything with Williams out. You know, looking for a few spots uh, where, you know, I don't have to spend up and then pray that, the, the one or two guys out of the five big boys in this game are the ones that have the peak game. Because even if you break it down defensively, you know, DRPM and look at position to position and defensively, you know, there's pluses and minus, min, uh, minuses all over the board here. So it is a, a tough game to figure. And that for that reason, I don't think I'm going to spend a bunch of my salary here, whether that be right or wrong, you know. Yeah, the supplementary shots definitely make more sense. Horford and Smart, I agree with. I hope. I hope. And I'm not even going to mention the name of Alex Caruso. You're <laughs> trouble, man. All right, we go to the, the last two games. It's a 9 o'clock and a 10 o'clock. So can't wait to talk about that 10 o'clock game with you. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell knows what's going to happen there? We need the, the Swami guy, you know, from with the crystal ball. Uh Chris Berman, let's bring him in. We need something. Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah Jazz is the 9 o'clock game. Small spread here, Gun. 17 and a half, sir. Uh, 220 and a half total. So you have a monstrosity of a, a line with the, the second lowest uh, total. Wait a minute. It is the lowest total. How can you have the biggest spread between two teams and the lowest total on the slate? I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Anyway, the Thunder are 101 and a half implied 
Jazz 119. What a disastrous uh, possibilities of things that could happen in this game with those lines. As far as in and out in this silly game here, Trey Mann, questionable. That is important. Kenrich Williams is out. We already know a bunch of guys have been out for the year. For Utah, Trent Forrest is out. So God only knows what the hell is going to happen here. I'm so glad I have you on the show today. I'll give you some numbers. Not that these really matter because it's all different guys, but both teams are on the second night of a back-to-back. That, I guess, matters. But uh, the Thunder, 13th in pace, Utah, 22nd. Oklahoma City, 15th, Utah, 12th. So average D, but again, it's all different players. So let's tackle some of these guys and some of these wonderful pronunciations. I want to buy a vowel for Mr. Kalatizakis or whatever. And I don't know, Jalen Horde monster game. Dude, I need, I feel like I need a drink and it's only the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with this game? Uh, um, yeah, I, <laughs> this is, uh, it, it, it's going to come down to what the Thunder actually put out as their starting lineup tonight. Uh, they signed two guys from their G League squad to 10 days to finish out the season. Uh, yeah. And they were facing the Blazers yesterday. So, uh, Blazers, Thunder, Pistons, Magic. These are all teams that are, are not only not competitive, but it's you can see that they're not trying to hide the fact that they want to lose. <laughs> and, they want uh, more ping pong balls. That's all there is to it. 100%. And Alexei Pokusevsky was the guy that was after our own heart yesterday before the slate uh, developed. Uh, and then he ended up you know, not playing because of those guys. And I think uh, I was listening to – Adam Scher this morning, and he mentioned that uh, he had a theory that maybe since this game with Pakusevsky, they probably don't win anyway. Maybe he played this one, and maybe yesterday they were just trying to put out the worst lineup they could. And would you believe it? They won anyway <laughs> against that Blazers team. I think they had a 17-point deficit that they overcame. In the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I could see the Thunder putting back a, a more normal lineup that did feature Pakusevsky. Uh, one of the constants between the last couple of games for them, however, has been Jalen Horde, who apparently Shaquille O'Neal, uh, the second coming, he played 46 minutes last night, 21 rebounds, 24 points, uh, or yeah, just insane game out of him. Um, so I, yeah, it, from this far out, it's just complete speculation. Um, what the Thunder want to do, who they'll play, and it's just going to have to be us being on our toes as the news comes out and perhaps uh, late swapping into some stuff. We're going to be heavily limited with uh, those price points because the you know the main event game has doesn't really offer similar price points to to swap into. So it is an unfortunate um, circumstance there, but it could be lucrative in tournaments if you do allow yourself some flexibility to make some of those decisions. And then the Utah Jazz, even though that they need to win, um, I don't, I don't need is a strong word, but the incentive for the Jazz to win is there. They could logistically uh, take a top four seed if a, a, a Mavericks team slipped backwards and if the Jazz could grab a top four seed, grab home court advantage in the playoffs. That would be very meaningful. Jazz and yeah. the Nuggets are in position to to do that here. So uh, right. there's an incentive to win. I guess if the Mavs were to handle their business in time for this game to uh, start, I think if the Mavs win, the, the chances of the Jazz going forward into a top four seed uh, dampen a little bit. 
Although yeah. they would like to stay above the Nuggets no matter what. But I, I, I wouldn't be stunned if we had some rest here for the Jazz. I'd almost expect a guy like Mike Conley to not play just because it is a back-to-back. Right. Uh, and that'll probably catapult Jordan Clarkson into uh, projections and, and, and higher models. And then, you know, it's the Thunder. You could essentially – you could start go, uh, Whiteside over Gobert and probably still be 17-point favorites. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't be stunned if we get a wonky Utah Jazz lineup from Quinn Snyder as he tries to uh, pick his spots for rest. So I'd be looking for potential rest on, on a Conley, a Bojan, or a Gobert, somebody like that. Um, and I'm kind of almost – I'd almost fully assume right now that Mike Conley doesn't play. Yeah, I don't think Conley plays either. And – I don't know if we may see all kinds of weird wonky lineups here. And the tough part is we're probably not going to know that at lock for sure. It's two hours after lock. So if, you know, if you have the stomach to do some late swap and you can figure out maybe a two, two V two swapping between this game and the late game, I mean, go for it. But there, I mean, there, it could be a gigantic risk reward thing, uh, you know, regarding who you put in there. Did, did you happen to catch our, our Coach Talk uh, pod yesterday? Uh, I did not. You know, Jalen Horde was my number one pick of the day, lock washer, nice. 100%. I'm lying. I'm lying. Oh, I was, <laughs> that's like, I, nice. I was just joking. I mean, I just, so, so like the other game, like it, the the Bunnies that he got the game prior, it, it, you know, he looked all right. Or not the not the Phoenix game, but the Detroit game. We're yeah. like 40 minutes. He 20 and 11 or 11 and 20 which everyone look at this is like it would have been like crazy to see him and in and, and the Millie Maker yesterday on, on DK, he got the 28% ownership. Nice. Um, so uh like that's not nothing. So it, it wouldn't have been like a good. crazy landing spot, but I mean in four games this season, his DraftKings results are two and a half fantasy points, 46, nine and a half, 61. So it, it's just an un unpredictable situation when it comes to minutes for these Thunder players. Um, but if, if he ends up in the starting lineup again tonight, even against a tougher perceptual matchup, minutes equal money, 40-plus minutes at 5K, I'd probably just have to roster you against a, a great wall of China. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I looked at him yesterday. I wish I would have said that on the show, <laughs> mm. but I did not have the courage to do it, but <laughs> <clears throat> you know, he's in play for me. You got to look at him. I mean, I, it's not points chasing. It's just being realistic here. You know, his price and what he's capable of doing, you got to take a look at. But <clears throat> I'd say make sure you're in position to do a little swapping, though, for, you know, without question. I do. I'm interested to know, though, if Trey Mann's going to play because that shuffles the deck big time because he, he probably gets the most shots up for them uh, tonight in my opinion, if he's in there. So uh, that's news I'm going to be watching closely. And then with Conley out, you know, I don't, Clarks have been so inconsistent this year. Generally, it makes me want to go to Mitchell. But how long does Mitchell play? Is it Does it blow out and he sits the second half? Lots of risk here. You've got to, uh, you know, you got to do this one very gently and be ready to swap because it is wide open. And speaking of that, let's hit this last game because there's a lot of conjecture on what's going to happen with these lineups tonight. You have the Phoenix Suns and L.A. Clippers. Phoenix is um, coming into this game, you know, after knocking the Lakers out, feeling good about themselves, back-to-back, everything clinched from beginning to end. 
So the million dollar question will be who, you know, do they play guys? And you've got, according to Vegas, they don't think they do because Clippers are a one point favorite gun. Mm-hmm. It's a two twenty six and a half total, one twelve point seven five implied for Phoenix, one thirteen point seven five for the Clippers. As far as designations, as we sit here, because Phoenix has not released theirs yet. They just have Kaminsky and Sarge out, but believe me, there's going to be a lot more news than that. And then for the Clippers, for some reason, why does it say Norman Powell questionable? Why would I, uh, that, uh, I guess they're going to try to use him for the playoffs, maybe get him a few minutes. I don't know, but we need to follow that. We know Kawhi and Preston are out. So I guess the, the only place to start this is, and it's huge because, there could be massively great plays here, like Cameron Payne, et cetera. I, Paul can't play in this game, can he? Is Chris Paul going to play? I, I'm counting him out, even though he has zero designation so far. And I just don't know. I think Monty might just, you know, flush the old toilet here and say, okay, you guys, sit down. It's Cam Johnson, JaVale McGee, Cameron Payne, Shamit, Torrey Craig. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised he throws those five out there. What do you think? Am I am – I, Digging too deep here? No, it, it makes sense. The Suns have no nothing to play for. They're locked in yeah. number one C. I mean, this is the, the fruits of your labor. The, yeah. the pushback is they did seem to be interested in getting Chris Paul's conditioning up. They rested three stars against the Thunder, Jay Crowder, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker. And right. Chris Paul played that game, and I, I, I assumed it was they were trying to get Chris Paul's win back up. Maybe he wanted to play against his old team. Well, if that's the case here, it's old team Clippers back in L.A., maybe yeah. that happens. But I, I definitely am expecting at least three starters, if not all of them, to rest here on a back-to-back. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully that news comes out uh, early enough. And then, you know, all the same, the Clippers are, are locked into where they're at. So neither team right. is going forward or backward here. Yeah. I, I do know that the Suns, uh, I guess they they, they clinched the uh, last last night. They uh, they set a, a franchise record for wins in a season. Yeah. They, um, they busted every mark humanly possible. So they absolutely have 0.0, 0 to play for. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, they could add to the wins record to make it that much harder to break if uh, yeah. that's a thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think I think from a coaching standpoint, you certainly w- would like to be cautious uh, with uh, with your minutes here. And uh, yeah. the Suns, they'll have a little bit of a break when the playoff begins, anyway, uh, as the playing tournament develops and whatnot. So I, I think it's more of just keeping these guys healthy. And, and Chris Paul is certainly somebody that has had some untimely untimely injuries. So, yes. I, yeah, this could be anything from two full-strength teams to two-punt teams. I would say I would if the Clippers were resting guys, I feel like there's a good chance we would have known that by now. Or, right. or at least had some guys on the on the injury report for rest. Uh, Ty Lue's been pretty tired about that. And he has been uh, open about wanting their – team to build some chemistry with Paul George, you know, missing a big chunk of time. Uh, yeah. So I, I could see the clip. I, I'm more likely to expect the Clippers to play full strength. Uh, as far as, as far as full minutes though, that's, that's up in the air. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is one of the more annoying night slates because uh, it absolutely feels like the, the Suns would not be uh, at a hundred percent when it comes to who's playing tonight. And then, you really just don't know what to expect for Clippers minutes. So I, I, I'm 
not likely to get to this game unless we get really definitive news early in the day. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we would, uh, at least from the Suns, to, to let us know that a Booker or a Paul would be out. Because like you said, Cameron Payne would project extremely well. Uh, and then, I don't know, if, if DeAndre Ayton sat again, you know, it seems like Javal McGee is extremely hit or miss as the chalk center of the day. Oh, he, he killed me the other night, man. He killed me. He's yeah. just not getting minutes. Like, you, I think you called it maybe on our pod together. He's just – he's never playing over 20 minutes no matter what. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's very close to to low twenties. Um, and then ironically, you know, last night against the Lakers, he gets just sixteen minutes and absolutely kills it. So <laughs> it makes no sense. Well, he always gets the points per minute, but when you get a guy playing eighteen minutes, you're like, come on, man! You know, you, you can't really take a center spot for that. It's frustrating. But I'm with you. I mean, let's just see what they have to say here. I, I think it's that news. You know, I think we'll have news on this one earlier than some of the other ones, you know? I'm hopeful, yes. Yeah. What about Paul George, though? That's the that's the diamond here that if you save that spot, it's super, super risky because there's probably not going to be anywhere to switch to. But I did read the same thing as you did. They want him to get minutes, get chemistry, get his wind. You know, he could murder this game. Yeah, 20-plus shot attempts in 30 minutes is, is a very real expectation. Here's usage when he's on the court, sky high. Uh, so I, I, he does have a potential to be one of those pesky late-night hammers. Does have 50-plus fantasy point potential, uh, so he's absolutely in play, especially if, uh, much like we've discussed so far, the, the field becomes pessimistic of uh, this game having full board minutes, full board starters, stuff like that. Yeah. So in deep field tournaments, yeah, if he's going to carry uh, single-digit ownership, sure, take a shot or two. Um, pre-flop, if I had to rank the studs, though, he's probably uh, in the back of the pack here with the uh, aforementioned right. Lucas, Trey Youngs, KDs, Kyrie, stuff like that. They're certainly safer, but you could possibly get such low ownership on them because everybody's fear of risk there, you know? Right. But. Just a thought. I mean, that's why we got to watch ownership, see where we can get the best leverage, because that's the difference. I'm with you. I mean, everybody's going to feel super confident on Luca and Kyrie and KD, but I think they're going to start wondering a little bit more on guys like, you know, is Trey going to be owned enough? Is Paul George going to be owned enough? Maybe even a sneaky Donovan Mitchell. You know, so there's there are some pivots, I think, that you can make here that could be really sharp. Yeah, I agree. That is it. All right, man. We got it. Six up seems like nothing for us. We've been tackling these monster slates. It seems like <laughs> a, a layup now. So, well, fantastic to have you uh, on here, Gun. Love doing shows with you. And uh, hopefully we can get together sometime this weekend. We can do some, some hoops here in the playoffs. I, the playoffs, to me, are the best time to play DFS because you know everybody's going all out every game. You know the you know, the rotations are shortened. You know what to expect. There's none of these crazy 10-day folks jumping in and out. And what a what a roller coaster year between COVID and all guys in and out. It has been the craziest uh, regular season of the NBA that I've ever remembered, let alone DFS-wise. And now we should get some normalcy and, you know, for the playoffs. So let's try to cut, crush these slates uh, up until Sunday with some of the edge that we talked about today. And then you and I can get together for some uh, NBA playoff smashing here and uh, get that across the line. So any final stuff uh, from you, sir? 
No, it's a pleasure as always, chat or chat. You guys hit that thumbs up for the coach. Leave a comment and uh, yeah, share this video, man. Get them subs up. We appreciate that, and and definitely catch Guns, uh, you know, uh, live stream every day and his prize picks. You got a really stud there in Josh, man. He knows his stuff, uh, so uh, check their stuff out. A lot of people have been DMing me and, and sending me uh, info saying, you know, they're watching Gun and watching us at Coach Talk, sort of putting the information together, and they've been very successful. So uh, we encourage you to do that, and then they'll catch you today on Awesome too. You're right. You're on there live before lock. Yeah, yep. Right before okay. lock today. That's going to be chaos. Nice. Well, I'll be listening for these uh, ones that we try to figure out. Hopefully that those plays are in there. So <laughs> thanks again, Gun. Have fun, and uh, we'll see you all again next time when we look to crush it in NBA DFS here at Coach Talk.